When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Nick. Hey, Mike, how you doing? <laughs> I am a little tired, but the first thing I want to say is I believe you have wore your fastest shirt to this recording. I have. I, um, I'm built for speed and comfort today. Quick, funny side note about the Flash t-shirt that you have on. When I went to go do a stress test, because in my family, heart issues happen on my mom's side, so I'm getting tested early. That's what I took. I I knew I was going to run on a treadmill, so I told them I brought my fastest shirt. Well, I love that. I think it's hilarious, and I think that if you're in flash time, it's a good time. <laughs> so today was a busy, busy day. I won't ask you where you were because I've only done that like six times. I I know you were at a family Christmas. Uh, I, my brain has been mush, and I want to apologize for that. You you've only asked me three times, but in. There is a but. If you combine how many times you've asked me with how many times Jameson's asked Heather, it does come out close to six. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. So that's good. That means she's just as uh, roughed up as I am at the moment because, boy, the last time I think you just sent laughing back. Like, okay, yeah, I know. It was hilarious. I couldn't believe, like, I couldn't believe you were being serious. You're like, hey, what you doing Sunday? And I'm like, really? Like, really? <laughs> and the reason why I kept asking that was at Dabble today, what started off as a joke on Facebook with friends ended mm -hmm. up turning into a public event at Dabble where people brought in all their old Christmas stuff they were going to throw away, which, by the way, is a lot of Christmas stuff, decor everywhere. Mm, I don't doubt it. Lots of people look forward to buying new stuff every year, but a lot of times they don't because they feel guilty about the things they have and they don't want to just toss it. You gave them an out so they can go buy new shit. But there was a whole bunch of people who bought new stuff. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, you have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It just it just came you out. Swore. I like to publicly apologize to anyone listening to this. I did not mean to to cuss. It's late. And I have no excuse. I was drinking pretty heavy today. We'll blame the alcohol. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it seems like just as much stuff went out as came in. I mean, before we even opened the doors, a gentleman was here with a quite literal truckload of Christmas stuff that he had pulled really? out of the garage. Really? Oh, yeah. It was the building was relatively full when we opened and relatively empty when when it ended. Now we had several families in need, so we had some boxes set up to send out to them. So some of the you know stuff that was left could go to them. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that went in and out of this building throughout the day today. That's amazing. Like I knew that you and I talked about this, and you'd really kind of, in my opinion, throw this together kind of short notice. So I'm glad to hear you had such a good turnout, and I'm glad to hear that a lot of people, you know, came utilize it, and it wasn't just you, your you and your friends doing it. I wish I could have been there, but we already had, you know, something to do. 
Right. Which I'll ask you about later just to see if you can make it. But um, no, no jokes. No laughing. Fine. No, no, no. It's I can't listen. I know I'm wearing a flash shirt. I know that I'm liquid lightning super quick and super fast. I cannot travel to the past. I I can't attend it because we missed it, Michael. I know you're tired (laughs) and you're in loopy land, but it's gone. The time is it's 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 left us behind. Well, and then people started coming up with with other ones that we could do, too. And I think we're about 90% set to do another one of these, but not for Christmas items. I think we're going to do a fall one. So Halloween costumes, Halloween decor, all that kind of stuff, along with all the Thanksgiving pretties and things of that nature. That's cool early October and then Jamie really wants to do kind of a mom to mom version. I like that too. That's a great idea. Like mid February, anybody who has kid clothes or any kid toys or anything that fits along with that can cut, they can bring it in, drop it off and others can pick it up. So apparently these, these free swap days are starting to grow already. That's good though. That's what we want, right? Yeah. And it gets people in and out. We, I mean, we got to talk to a lot of people today including people who would like to rent the building for meetings and others that want to teach things like watercolor painting. So hopefully that kind of stuff can filter in. We'll get more training courses in here, more education courses. Everybody, of course, like the gaming area. Our kids used it as a daycare today, but (laughs) we did a lot of tours. What's that? I was going to ask if you had done any testing on the gaming area yet, kind of make sure the bugs are worked out and it's going to be ready to rock. Well, we have five terminals completed. Nice. Um, I think what's because we start off, I think the first game is Rocket League. That one's yes. pretty easy. Aiden has already set it up. Not even me. My son has gone down there and set it up so that the competitive we can people can join lobbies and play each other quite easily because it has a land setup. Nice. And then another one of our friends is going to help me. I think that I can get Xbox Live mm-hmm. on all of them. By getting Xbox Live on half of them. So you so can they, they have a game profile on more than one unit? Yes, Jared and Dominic do it currently. They only have one account, but they both share it. I like it. So with eight terminals, I can get four live accounts. And then whenever I buy copies of games, I only need four of them. Remember, sir, you need to purchase the yearly pass. Do not pay month to month. They will price gouge you. Yep, that is very true. And that's as I was looking at it. You know, since I'm not buying eight of them, four of them is much more appealing. Yeah, I think it's, let's say raise the price, there's only be like 240 to $250 a year for four of them. It's not terrible, really. Well, and the same thing happens with a game. Even if you buy a very expensive game, one tournament pays for it. So we'll see how it goes. It's, we're just getting the equipment set up. I still need three more systems and three more televisions, but we'll get there before January 8th. Nice. So I guess we should probably talk about what we're going to do for a show today. And that is, I want to talk about air quality basics. Not overly in-depth, but definitely start talking about air quality and how it affects us. Okay, I'm down. Let's do this. Let's huff and puff and blow this house down. (laughs) Air quality indoor and outdoor is just one of those things that we don't necessarily think about. It's just... A lot of times it's, oh, something smells bad, but that's about it. But it really can control what if you're healthy or sick or just miserable. It is one of those things that can dictate your day, week, month, or year. Well, you would think 
and I know I shouldn't say this, but you'd think that'd be kind of common sense since you need air to function at all. That's one of the most basic things you need as a human to survive is air. And you breathe in, you breathe out. It's not something you generally even really pay attention to until you're struggling with it. And so it's something that people take for granted. But I, I totally agree that if there is a problem with the air, even if it's a chemical problem, you're not going to realize that uh, it's there until you're sick. Well, and quite often your economical status is will be kind of dictating what kind of air you're going to get. Where you live in in different areas will have different air qualities. There's websites out there all over the place that can you can type in a city and it will tell you today your air quality is likely to be in this window because of factories, because of wind blowing, and because of dust, dirt, pollen, smog, dander, smog all of these things that which is another part to talk about the so, the social justice side which we still have a problem with but countries like China and India have really big problems with well of course they do they're, they're triple sometimes four times our population and you have that many more people you have to have infrastructure and industry to support that bigger of a population so i'm not i'm not shocked in the slightest that they have bigger problems with that kind of stuff i mean they're we have 330 plus million people. You know, we, we have a pretty good plot of land, but that's a that's a little shy of a billion, if you know what I mean. And they're both pretty large populations. Right. Well, and I think there's parts of the United States that historically we could remember a haze, a cloud. I know L.A. is one of them. I've never I had never seen it in the past. Did I did get to see some California cities this a few years ago but the one that always sticks out to me being in midwest was gary indiana you could okay. always see gary indiana from a distance i didn't know that I, I don't think i've ever seen a haze but i can tell you when i've been to new york and when i've been to chicago there are certain days if the humidity's right and the weather sucks it kind of stinks and that mm-hmm. that has to do with the air quality i mean when there's too much pollution and there's there's too much trash too many things lying around the areas and place bacteria to grow it puts an odor out and if you breathe that odor in sometimes it can be real bad to your health well and there's been a like a almost like a 15 year push even well it's probably even longer honestly it's probably been 30 or 35 year push to get rid of a lot of regulation that came during the 60s and 70s and when that happens you start releasing more and more into water you release more and more into the into the air and that's where those odors come from the last time we went to cleveland it has an odor you know it is the that is the smell of cleveland it has that smelt the smelting metals and all these things that are kind of mixing together. And there's a lot of cities that have that. And that is part of the air quality problems. Now there's outdoor and indoor air qualities. And a lot of those are done differently. So as we go through this, we'll have to dictate which are which, because you can control your indoor a heck of a lot easier than you can control your outdoor other than just moving. Well, you can't really control the outdoor at all as one person because it's a societal problem. You know, you can only influence as much as you can and you can only do as much as you can do to help stop pollution and and industries doing things that are wrong. But ultimately, if you're one person in in a city of 20 million, your house is where you can have the best air quality because you are directly in control over what you have in your home and what steps you take to prevent bad air quality and what you do to filter it. Well, and that's one of the things you can do. And it's estimated that up to 9 million deaths are premature on this planet because of air quality. That's annually? Annually on a 2017 study. So that's not even necessarily to the peak. So a 2017 study from the medical journal, The Lancet, 
assessed a, the pre, up to 9 million premature deaths. That's insane, Mike. Remember, that is primarily disenfranchised citizens of different countries, places where they live right next to the factory where they don't have the same emission standards. Mm-hmm. There's, and I have this, I had this written down for later on, but that was a good time to talk about it. At one point, China's air quality was so bad that they were actually shooting water cannons into the sky so that they could wash the contaminants out of the sky as much as they could. They were literally attempting to wash the sky. That makes sense. I mean, if the particulates in the air are dense enough to, to be captured by the water, it would, it would just rain down, which that it, you know, that's, that's a double-edged sword. That could possibly, if it worked, improve your air quality, but then just flushes everything to the ground, and then your water is contaminated. So it's uh, it's one of those things where I don't think there's a, there's no fix it for it. You know, well, not not an easy one. And China at the time, you know, this is 2016 when this happened. Mm-hmm. This is not a long time ago. They're in such an industrial age boom that they don't want to hurt their economy. So they're literally firing water cans that shoot up to 2,000 feet into the air to let it rain back down and collect contaminants because the air quality is so poor. And it's not the worst in the world. It's not the worst in the world? There are areas in India where they don't even bother to try to make that change. They don't try to fix it. So there's different countries doing different things. And the U.S. isn't awesome. We're not rocking it out on air quality by any stretch of the imagination now do we have 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 they limited how much visual smog there is yeah i can't see gary indiana from a distance anymore but you still can see la that's messed up how are we way we're talking do you have a stat for that what's that do you have a distance for how far away you can see like la because of the smog and nastiness i mean you have a stat for that so if you're looking to see how far you can see air pollution in LA, okay, it is about anywhere between 15 to 25 miles away is, is the average now. It used to be you could see LA from 90 miles away and at the most 140. Wow. So 15 is better, but it's still it's one of those things where better still isn't good enough. It is an improvement from 90, but it's still not great. Yeah, and then there's all kinds of things that end up in our air, okay? We know what particulates are. It's the, it's just the physical pieces that we see. Yeah. Or you've heard me say before, volatile organic compounds, the VOCs. They measure those by two different sizes. There's a, a, a larger porous size and a smaller size, which are PM10 and PM2.5. This is dust, dirt, soot, smoke, uh, actually liquid droplets, so humidity can be counted, along with fog. And these are primary sources of factories, power plants, vehicles, construction activity. There's fires and in the natural disasters and the wind blowing it back and forth. So these air particulates can come from a lot of different places. Some of them man-made, some of them not. But it is still things that get into our lungs as we breathe that's scary and disgusting and it's not uncommon even if we had no factories in the whole world we would still have some vocs it's just much worse because we don't regulate like we should now yeah i mean like even nature 
I'm sorry to interrupt, but I mean, like, I just want to put this out there. Not all air pollution is created by us. Most of it, majority of it is, but there are moments where things like tornadoes and things like volcanoes put organic compounds into the air that maybe noxious gas or particulates from the ground. And, and in those instances, it's a terrible situation, but we're not talking about national disaster. We're, we're talking about us and things we've created. Right. Well, then it gets a little bit worse. Then we start getting into things that that we are the primary source in some sense, like NOx gases or the nitrogen oxides. You start talking about those are primarily from transportation, stationary fuel combustion sources, engines, if you will, um, the large-scale engines, Uh, our electricity grid because of what we use for the sources, are all part are all part of that industrial boilers these are the things that are sending up these contaminants into the sky and these are things that will cause all kinds of problems it creates uh, bronchitis damage to the lungs irritation to the lungs these are things that have a mix of short-term and long-term issues pneumonia these are those contaminants that increase the chances of us catching those things. Well, I would assume that um, in some instances that the contaminants are big enough, like small enough for you to breathe in, but large enough to where that your body could struggle to get them out. They could probably cause some kind of like microscopic scarring on your lungs and reduce your body's ability to absorb oxygen, put oxygen in your blood because there's too much gunk. It's similar to smoking, if you will. Like someone that smokes for a long time, it, but not maybe not as bad, maybe not the same chemicals, but you know, when you look at a person's lungs that have been smoking their entire life, permanent damage and it's mm-hmm. it's because they're taking in toxins or taking in poor air quality every time they take a hit well and i was told when i quit smoking it was almost 10 years ago that it would take seven to ten years for my lungs to recover and i assume that i'd assume your lungs ability to recover is on like a downward slope as you get older so as you get older your body's ability to regenerate goes down and so if you were let's say Let's say you stopped smoking at the age of 40. It would probably take until your late, I don't know, late 50s before they'd ever fully recover if they ever did. Right. Well, and there's no guarantee that because I've had also, I've had fluid in my lungs and things like that in the past. Mr. Walking pneumonia. Yes. So I have scar tissue in there. So you know that it's, it has some limited issues or some limitations, but that was self-inflicted. The other part's just being outside. So you combine those two and you and I've probably done more damage than I even know. Now, if you look at like the volatile organic compounds, we talked about some of the natural sides, but some other sides to that that are kind of on us is gases that are being emitted by certain other solids or liquids. So as as something transfers from one phase to the other, sometimes gives off the VOCs, paint, lacquers, gasoline, cleaning supplies, pesticides, building materials, furnishings, because again, they have a coating on them that slowly off gas in your home. What kind of chemical goes in the air every time they put a new blacktop down on the road? Um, It's probably a VOC, but I don't know for sure. But yes, you can smell it strong as can be, can't you? Yeah. I mean, I helped you like tar your driveway, which was two things disgusting and a perfect lesson why I will always pay someone else to do it. I'll never, I'll never do that again, but um, it wasn't that bad. It was exactly that bad. And uh, it was a waste of good push brooms. Like it's like, we're going to buy these tools to use them and poorly and ruin them. Okay. <laughs> but um, my point is, is that there's so many things we do 
in our daily lives for our comfort and for our convenience that have lasting effects and stupid things not even like like i i kind of deem that as stupid yes we need roads that are nice to drive on so we can get point a to point b but like that's a disgusting process absolutely gross mm-hmm. and, and just sitting there smelling it you know it's not healthy it, it's like so the next one on the list i had was benzenes which is a voc and it's a group uh group a carcinogen for humans wow so so this is a a deadly gas or it's deadly to humans and it is spread it is spread by burning coal or oil mm-hmm. oil gas oil gas development gas stations motor vehicle exhaust and i would say that there's a lot of that out there right now mm-hmm. we're still using internal combustion engine for almost everything and we use it for things that are mobile so we spread those chemicals around and those contaminants around they're all over the place that's disgusting and it, you get the same thing with salt sulfur dioxide where we get our acid rain a lot of that stuff comes from burning coal and oil a lot of our contaminants that in the world are from our energy sources well i'm not surprised we've talked many times about the the weight that our current fuel sources and energy sources have on the the environment and and what's going to cost us in the long run and i, I really I wish people would understand that like they they need to change even if it's slowly over time because the stuff is kind of I mean it's kind of here forever like have you ever actually experienced acid rain no I well I don't know if I have actually because I'm not sure if I've ever had the had a result from it but I'm sure I've in some case have seen it no I've never physically felt it. it the notion of it terrifies me but um Years ago, our dad bought a Cutlass from an auction. I don't remember where it was from, but it was a white car with a black hardtop. And the entire car, the windshield, everything, had all these like perfect, like almost identical little spots on it where the metal was pitted, the glass was divoted, the top was burnt through. Like it was gnarly stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, my gosh, that's just terrible. And that's just because moisture was moving down through the air and bringing those contaminants back down to us. A chemical reaction happening with the water. Tell Mother Nature, thanks for being so generous. So it's it's one of those things that so if you it's hard to split because we've talked about sick building syndrome, yeah, in the past, and that part of that air quality that's the indoor side of your air quality. So you can mm-hmm. always revisit that episode because that will talk about a lot of the things in the home that will give you the same contaminants that you that you get on the outside, but you're enclosed in that home. That is a big cause of of health concerns, at least in the United States, and I assume globally. The other side is, <laughs> I tell you to go outside. You know, we talk about sick building syndrome, and you, mm-hmm. you feel better when you go outside in most mm-hmm. cases. But if you live near any plants, production plants, assembly plants, if you are, are near a coal burning site or you're you're somewhere where there's diesel engines working on a regular basis and it's just exhausting out. You mm-hmm. can get the same problems, that same really lack of oxygen, disorientation and illnesses just from being outside, which, and I, you know, I've said this once today, but it drives me bonkers because it, a lot of times is a social justice problem. Disenfranchised citizens are, much largely affected by poor, well, by poor air quality. 
Well, of course they are, because usually, we're, I mean, if we're being honest, talking about people that are low, they're super low income, poverty range, that have poor housing, which means that they have poor housing, whether it be public or uh, private, they probably don't have things like their their furnaces and their filters and anything that pushes air throughout their house probably isn't being maintained very well. It's not being you know checked up on to make sure that it's actually working correctly. There's a lot of little variables to it that attribute what you're talking about. It's not it's not just like you know poor people get bad air. It's 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 more so they just can't afford the luxuries of not having bad air. It's <laughs> to be dramatic about it. And the movie Spaceballs. Like when no one's looking, the, the guy, the leader, get, opens a drawer and gets a can of air out and, gets, and starts huffing this can of air because it's the only clean air in the in the movie. And it's it's hilarious, but like it kind of makes me feel like we're going that way. I think I told you during one of the episodes that while I was in Grand Rapids, at the end of the register, the the thing they were trying to sell the, as a impulse purchase was canned air, not canned air to spray off your keyboard. But it had the face nozzle on there. It was canned air. It was $36 for a can of air, of pressurized air. My hope is that it's for like going in planes and something, but not just, you know, throw it in the glove box. We'll need it in a couple of days. Like, I don't get it. And I think it was primarily, it didn't say what it was marketed towards, but I got the assumption because it was in the beginning of COVID that it was an attempt to sell fresh, clean, pure oxygen and air to people who were going to be ill or fearing being ill. So let me get this straight. Instead of going to the, the doctor and getting it you can put on oxygen where they give you the tank and the pump, they're going to go sell you a little aerosol can with a little, little, little gopher mask on your face. You just go Shh, use it all in like eh, 30 seconds. Oh, that's good air. Best way to spend $35 I've ever seen. That's well, probably outlandish. because if you don't have health coverage or you don't have a way to go to the hospital, that, that area you get is going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. So for any of you outside of the United States, I'll clarify our healthcare system's broken. If you do not have select kind of insurance, it is beyond unaffordable for 90% of the American public. I don't think you had to clarify that to anybody. Pretty sure most of the world knows our healthcare sucks. Well, it's in many cases non-existent. So we substitute in many cases not wanting to go to a hospital with trying to find something. Well, maybe I just need to have this can that I can occasionally take clean shots of air from. <laughs> Someone's going to use that as medical attention. Okay, so while I am an arrogant American who does not go to the doctor unless he is either drugged there or really feels like he's going to pass away shortly... I don't see myself ever getting a can of air. Now I well, do see. I just don't. I don't. I've done a lot of stuff, but that's just not me. Well, let me tell you, people felt that way in the '80s about a bottle of water. Why okay. in the heck would I stop at a store and get a bottle of water? Now it's a billion, multi-billion-dollar industry. Okay, to be fair, it's only multi-billion-dollar industries because we don't charge companies for the water they take. But that's a whole another conversation. Well, and we're still paying. For water, when you can get water just about anywhere, they just attempt to contaminate or or they try to shake your confidence of the water from the hose. They shake your confidence from the water from the tap so you'll go buy the $2 bottle of water. But that's a whole other thing. The reason why I bring that up is because 
there was all kinds. I think George Carlin, when did I have to carry my own personal bottle of water around with me? When did I get so thirsty? <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> yes. Well, I guess what? Bit. Last year, that canned air company did almost a million dollars in a year. Like they're now making lots of money and they have multiple canned air. You can get canned air from different parts of the country. It's like of course a big you vacuum. Can. Of course you can get multiple parts. Of, oh my gosh, Michael, you're oh. going to make me angry. <laughs> like, so that's where we're going. Where if we don't add regulation, if we don't do things to create clean air, you're going to be buying canned air. No, I'm not. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, so canned air, I'm going to really stretch this one, has existed for generations in different capacities. You, and I don't mean canned air to breathe, but I mean compressed oxygen for, for torches and stupid things like they use air pumps for, for like airbags. It has purposes. Air brakes on semis are just hydraulically pumped air. Like it, it, it has reasons to exist. One of them is not to breathe unless you need assistance breathing. Now, I do not need assistance breathing. But I need assistance saving the earth, so I don't have to buy a can of air for five ninety five made by Fago. Sorry. Well, that is something that that is the point we're trying to get across because air quality standards in the United States, at least, are very poor. And matter of fact, if you go to www.airnow.gov, it will tell you what the air quality is where you are at based on your time frame. What it will, what could you you can plan for bad air tomorrow. It can be a high pollen day. It can be a high contaminant day. I'm and actually, it will tell you. I'm doing this right now. Everyone can hear it live. <laughs> well, it says it's not available because it's Montrose. And who lives in Montrose but me and a cactus? A cactus? I, I know it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it will be bad. It snowed recently. Eh, it's been warm. We've had some interesting weather. I know the whole country has had some interesting weather. But the last time I looked at the air quality in Durand, it was good. It wasn't great. It was considered good. It had an AQI index or AQI status, which is air quality index. That just I love, makes it sound fancy. I love you had to explain that to me. Thank you. <laughs> it gives you a number on the chart. It's 38 is where Durand was last time I looked. But the lower the number, the better. And it's measuring particulate, uh, particulate material that's 2.5 in, well, that, in that range. What's well, killing you in Durand is all those darn cattle, man. I love Durand. As soon as you get into the country part of it, all you smell is cow poop and trains. Yeah, okay, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't agree. Like you have trains all the time, but they're not. The smell doesn't linger after they leave. The cows, cows come home, buddy. They don't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, they, they're not leaving as part of it. So the reason why I give you that is so that anyone out there can go check their air quality. If you live in a city with poor poor air quality, you've got a new fight to to have. You need to get a hold of congressmen. You got to get a hold of people in your local government and have that air quality discussion. Because I'll be honest, there's not a lot you can do. There is inside your house, which we talked about with uh, sick building syndrome. Yes, you can use plants. Plants I love because it makes me feel good, but you have to have a large full-grown plant for every 100 square feet to really purify the air. So your you living know, room is set. <laughs> it's probably one of the cleanest air areas that you can have. The other thing is, is I talked about in the past getting air filters. 
mm-hmm. are getting those air purifiers, which are very, very effective. They are very good if you change the filters. They're very costly usually to change the filters. So you have to pick them carefully because you have to change those filters for them to work. Which, yeah, and there's really no point in using it if, like, if you're not changing the filter. Well, the best, or I shouldn't say best, one of the coolest air filters I've ever seen is on your rainbow vacuum. That thing is the whip, or with your rainbow. It's amazing. You know, I've watched you empty that, and you turn it back on, and then within a couple hours, it starts, the water gets dingier and dingier, and it's really gross, and it's just sucking that nastiness out of that air. Yep, and that's uh, that's the important portion of keeping the air in your house healthy because if we're going outside to unhealthy air we need that healthy air inside that's extremely important so we have to take the steps that we need in our daily lives to make sure we're getting the healthiest air humanly possible because again nine million premature deaths per year and i'm sure there's a lot of variables there but that's still a lot that can be tied to poor air quality it's a lot of people man well, no, here's people. here's the deal. We recently, after some of the the horrible f- events at Oxford, just down the road from us, I went to school meetings and you know school board meetings, and I want to say this in this forum also. I talk a lot of numbers, and every once in a while, I get sucked into those numbers. But the one thing that I have to stop and remind myself is every single number is a person. Mm-hmm. So I have to remember that, and it makes it that much bigger of a fight to make sure we get it right. Because when that number moves, a family was destroyed. And it doesn't matter yep. if it's COVID, if it's air quality, if it's water contamination, lead in the water of Flint, doesn't matter what it is. If a life is lost, that that ripple has way more effects than people think it does. Right. I mean, it, it does. Every single person, every little boy is someone's son, or it could be someone's father, someone's uncle, someone's brother. The same thing we said about women, you know, every, every woman is someone's sister, someone's aunt, someone's mother, someone's best friend, someone's school teacher. Like there's, there's so many aspects of one person's life that it touches other people. I think that I'm going to butcher this. I think the stat is loosely that like in the course of your life, you'll seriously touch the lives of a thousand people, which makes 10 people, 10,000, which means a hundred people. You understand where I'm going with this? Like mm-hmm. it's very small amount of people have a network of a large amount of people so one person when that number moves is a tragedy there's no there's no arguing about it there's no complaining about it there's no trying to get down to the brass tacks of what happened how to prevent it like it's a tragedy treat it like a tragedy right and that's because i'll tell you in one of our meetings someone said hey it's 10 percent and you know when they talk about illnesses for covid for example and that in uh, and that almost 10% of them could pass why are we even taking action on something so small and that's where i had to st- at least state that that people forget even w- even when someone says something is 99% survival rate if you take other actions you can change that number for the better and every one life you save is better and the same okay. thing with air quality i want people to know where their air quality is uh, without getting, going on a tangent and getting lost on this topic you said someone said 10 percent. 10 percent of what i want you to really dumb this down because i have something i'm going to say but i'm going to wait till i hear what you say before i respond that only 10 percent of the active body of people in that stat were getting sick okay and how 10 percent of how many uh if i remember correctly it was just under three thousand. so 10 percent of three thousand is 300 people mm-hmm. okay so i'm I, i'm i'm like I do everything else, I'm going to exaggerate this to outlandish terms to make my point. Um, 
throughout the whole pandemic, there was lots of those kinds of conversations. And uh, at one point, they thought the death toll was going to be like 10% of the population. So I literally remember saying, oh, 10% is not bad, but 10% of 300 million is 30 million, which is two and a half times the population of Michigan. So uh, that's a lot of people. And obviously, you know, we're here on the other end of it and we're starting to, the numbers are relevant. Like any death, any death that's preventable is too many. But my point is, is that if you, if you don't put perspective into the conversation, like you did with those people, it's easy for people to rattle off numbers without putting perspective. And once you put perspective and you make them look at that number as more than a number, then maybe you can actually elicit an emotion from them. And if you can get a positive emotion, you can get a change. A change is good. Change is what we want. Well, and that's what I hope that through gaining the knowledge that the air quality is doing these things, that we're not only worried about a virus in today's world, but we're actually worried about how much our economy poisons us each and every day. Because that's honestly really what it is. We can fix automobiles with going to electric. And then come the naysayers, as I know from the 400 comments on our Facebook page (laughs) that remind us that our energy grid is still fossil fuels. And then I would remind them that it doesn't have to be. We're still getting those. It's so bad now that my phone goes off and I see the the greening your life emblem, unless it's a message from one of our wonderful, wonderful listeners like Amanda Panda. I do not even read it. I see the comment on the post. (laughs) You know what? I've had enough sadness today. I'm going to go over here and uh, try to be happy. Well, I will tell you this to be happy. We did not. We got one comment about the plants episode. But we have way more likes and loves on the plants episode than we do the electric car uh, fight. That... I should hope so. I feel, I, I feel like next time we do one, we should sell tickets to it. <laughs> no, nah, th- this is just one of those things. When you work with sustainability, everything's a landmine. The only difference is, is the great thing about our team and like starting sustainability and some of these people we've met out there, Austin from Ethic, some people aren't scared of it. We will go out. We will have the conversation. You and I know that there is 400 comments of hate of 400 people who didn't listen to the show. And yep. they're arguing points that were already covered. So not all that stressed about that. What I will say is in today's world with COVID, we I'm hoping to see a death rate from the air quality stuff drop because there was a period of time we shut down a lot of industry. You could actually see a change from the NASA satellites on how much smog and and contaminants and how much carbon was being released. We actually, for a split second, stopped growing in the amount of contaminants on the planet. And a lot of people are choosing to wear masks. Do masks block every contaminant? Absolutely not, but it certainly limits it. So we're doing things that may help that this year. If you didn't stay in a house that had sick building syndrome for a whole year. Well, I think that the last year, year and a half has been a whole mess of doing things the hard way for almost everyone, just because we were faced with a lot of situations that we weren't prepared for. We were in no way of really knowing how things were going to go. We just did our best to get by. And a lot of it, we're all better off knowing, especially practicing if we can. I think there's, there's certain things that can't be negotiable. Certain things that I get worked up about certain things that I have a a strong passion for defense. And those first four things are water, food, air, and education. And two apple pies for a dollar. Which is probably violates several of those, but, (laughs) but that is fresh and healthy food, uncontaminated air and water 
and the right to education at any level in which you want to take just seem like the most basic things that we don't even try to get right. And it's irritating. So when I when I go through these things, that's why. Those are those foundation pieces that are so important to a stable and sustainable civilization. And every time we see one of those failures, we got an email, a congressman. I, I jokingly say congressman. They never see it. It's some staffer three levels down. But we have to keep trying. We have to keep saying it. We have to keep working at it. When when a city purposely poisons a water supply, those people have to go to jail. When corporations violate the rules of conduct in business and emit gases into the air that make people sick, they have to be held accountable. Absolutely. This whole, this whole, we just buy our way out doesn't work. And the same thing happens with these basic fours: these, the water, food, air, and education. Ladies and gentlemen, when you, when you listen to realistic sustainability, we're going to go to fun topics. We're going to talk about all kinds of things over the next several years. But these four things will always be involved. These four things are the base of how we get better. You want to help in your community? Fight for better air quality. Teach people about the air quality within their home. If you want a better community, make sure you have fresh, clean water. A lot of cities have free test kits. Use them. Mm -hmm. Use them and guarantee that that water is good, and if not, voice it. And obviously, Durand is a good example of making sure people get fresh, fresh, clean food to its citizens. And we hope to do better even next year. Did you just plug the edible landscaping product project? Yep. And a whole and hopefully other cities will do the same. If you go to greenyourlife.org, there's a roadmap. We took and put every step we took on that website. So if you've got a city that that could use vegetables like that and a city open enough to do it and try it, we're here. You have a question, ask it because we will help. And the last is education, hence dabble. One of the reasons why Dabble is here is I believe that there's so much curiosity and so much in this community, this creativity. Mm -hmm. We, we want to have an incubator. We want a place where it can grow. So go ahead. I was just going to add on that. Uh, like we've talked many times about good war should be. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry. I can't speak. You better edit that out. I'm going to try this again. Good deeds should be rewarded kindness should be rewarded but also kindness isn't the only human trait we want to want to nurture and emphasize we want curiosity we want passion we want people to to learn how to nurture and care for the, the world they live in and they want that that little spark of an ingenious that's in all of us to, to take hold and and grow roots and and, and turn into something brilliant and because i say that because i really believe that i don't think that there really is dumb people in the world and smart people i think every one of us can be curious you can be curious about something you can learn and as long as you're willing to, to be curious and you're, you're willing to be wrong for the sake of learning the difference then you can do better well, and that's exactly the point I wanted to make at the end of this episode, which was there's countries washing their sky and we aren't that far from it. We can do better and we need to do better and, and, I, and we need to do better everywhere. For us, it's better in our communities, mm -hmm. doing the little things, building that positive footprint. We haven't talked about that in quite some time, but doing something good and letting people see it. 
you don't need to brag about it. Just continue to be the example. I'm wearing the shirt today that says do is greater than say because it is. Absolutely. We just keep doing the good deeds. When someone asks us about something with air, we tell them. When someone talks about water, we tell them. But in the meantime, our actions continue to speak louder than anybody else's words. So that's really the point I wanted to get across. We can we can all be better, and we will, little bit by little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's all we had for this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend or on social media. Other ways you can support realistic sustainability is by becoming a monthly sustainer, which, by the way, thank you for all of you who are. That is very important to us, makes us feel good, and it helps kind of pay for the things we do. So thank you very much. Or leave us a five-star review. I got to say we're like months without a a five-star review. So if anybody gets an opportunity, jump onto your favorite podcast platform and just leave a five-star review for us. They help us quite a bit in the rankings. People can find us. You know, maybe we'll bump up into the top 10 in Hungary because right now we're always dancing around the top 20, which is really cool. And recently we showed up in the U.S. It's almost like home is listening. Really? Yep, we're, we're top 200, but we're there. Hey, listen, that's that's amazing. Hey, I you know what? It, it As long as people want to listen to us, we'll continue to do this. We'll continue to record. We'll go through the editing process. I'm building a studio. At some point, it'll get a little bit easier. But as long as people want to hear it, we want to talk about it. If everybody goes away, you and I can just chat about it at Thanksgiving. I'm okay with that. I like talking. I hope they go away when everything is done and the world's a big old, beautiful, amazing planet. Well, I believe it already is. We just kind of tamper with it a bit. Well, you know what I mean. I'm not talking about. I'm. I'm. I'm talking like when we don't have blue tinted glasses. I mean, when it, when the people are doing what we need to do to make you know the things we've done wrong right. That's understandable. So thank you all again for listening. Remember, we only have to get a little bit better each day. Find that one thing. Today, pick something, get better at it. Because if we do that, it's that little bit, little bit that really turns into the big bit. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for listening. I'm Mike. I'm Nicholas. And we will see you next week. Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.